afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Blacksmith's Furnace with me, Robert. With me, Pete. Me, Mo. Yes. The beautiful black beast of the furnace is back. <laughs> After my high. Wait, who's he referring to? To me! <laughs> Me. You know what? Yeah. You're super black beast of the furnace. Oh my god. Furnace. You sound like, um, who was it that um, the wizard was like, you shall not pass in Lord of the Rings? Gandalf. Yeah, Gandalf, the, the beast that he said, <laughs> the beast he said, you shall not pass to. Do you know what? It, it reminded me of Rock Lee. Alright. Yeah, that's where it came from. That's where it came from. That's where it came from. <laughs> You're burning youth. Just trust me. <laughs> there you go, there you go. But yeah, I know you guys missed me last week. Nope. It was... <laughs> no, it was such a shame, you know, because I was actually rushing to get here. Like You were trying, you were actually trying. I got to White City Station. Was it, No, no, Shepherd's Bush train station. Mm. And I see that the train's been cancelled. So I thought, you know what, let me just call the guy and say I'm not coming. Because at this time it was like almost 7.30. Mm. And, then, and then it says on the notice board that our next train's like six minutes. I was like, oh, you know what, yeah, I think I can make it. And so, yeah. So I'm there. The train comes. The guys on the... It took up saying, yeah, this is your next... Um, this is your train going to blah, 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 blah. Mm. The train doesn't stop at the station. <laughs> then the guy's like, and then the train goes. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he wasn't as shocked as we were. <laughs> oh, the love to hear and then the next train wasn't for like another 40 minutes so right. I thought, you know what yeah, let me just go home <laughs> I actually love to hear that because <laughs> you know how they go like the next train is standing at platform 2 it's uh, 232 and there it goes <laughs> it was sick it was, it, it, it was so annoying because uh, well, you know what mm. we're here to live we're yes, here sir. to see another day yes, sir. everyone's alive birds are still stinging all of that good stuff mm. but yeah um I'm gonna start this one. Okay, story time. So, right now my pastors are, are in America because they're Americans. So every so often, I think every year they have to go back and like renew their green card or something. Mm. So do it. So they're away for five weeks. It's been two weeks. Been three weeks. Yeah. So um, it's been it's, it's, it's been interesting. It's been interesting two weeks at church. Mm. So so it's the first week. Um, the guest preacher was preaching on um persevering through prayer all right and just about you know that 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 whole carry on praying even even when things don't seem like mm. it, it doesn't seem like our prayers are getting answered mm. and i thought it was a sick sermon so then i went to um bible.org to to like look looks look up some more around the subject yeah and you know what <laughs> that's straight out of context no like i think the um i want to say i want to see who the, the guest speaker was but like there's this guy I go to for when I wanna um do like expositionary yeah, yeah. um um teachings teachings yeah. on certain things and I like to go to this guy called Stephen Cole. Okay. Sick pastor. So I went there to listen on on like the Bible verse and it was almost exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the guy actually right. Like literally like even, like the guy had um like PowerPoints with like um um, different headings or, yeah. or, or what he's going to talk about exactly the same <laughs> wow I was in shock and it hurt me because it was such a sick sermon mm. but it, it was like I said to, to like the same thing twice I was so disappointed wait is, is there something wrong with that like and that's plagiarism yeah it's plagiarism it's survival <laughs> no but that's the thing I think if you are to plagiarise someone's sermon like, at least give them credit, credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay 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 I get that I get that yeah. but he had the headings and everything he, 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 he even underlined them 
<laughs> Saying that man's hurt. Anyway, so then that was that was two weeks ago. This week, my um my former former pastor came back to to give her sermon. Was that awkward? No, 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 it's cool. It's cool. Because so like how how it works in the Salvation Army is you go where they tell you to go. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so it's not like he left the church. No, no, no. no. Or he got reassigned. kicked out. No, he, no he, reassigned. He got reassigned. <laughs> so he went to like Wood Green for a while. Then he came back to Camwell. And then he came. And then he came to came back mm. to, um, as a guest speaker. He was talking about transformation and all of that good stuff. Mm. We didn't learn a lot from that. Um, and then one thing he said that Did was... Did you say I didn't learn a lot? No, I, I, I learned a lot from that. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. It was actually very sick. I thought you were throwing shade. No, no, no. I said, damn. No, this guy's on point. This guy's actually on point with the contribution. He even and he didn't um, plagiarize you. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but he did. Forgive uh, me. <laughs> but he did recommend this book. I want to look at. It. It's called uh, the. I forgot. <laughs> I'll find it later. But it looks like an interesting book. Talking about like the five stages of like the um the Christian walk. Okay. And how after like the third stage, there's this thing called the wall. Mm. It was it was deep. I'll, I'll find it and I'll, I'll tell you guys about it. It sounds interesting. The Critical Journey. That's what it's called. Okay. It looks it looks interesting, so I'm, I'm going to buy it. Let's check it out. And then one thing he was talking about, what, which I found interesting, was how um, how a lot of the uh, like biblical doctrine comes from, is like mostly from like the West. Mm. So it's like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. from like Western preachers, yeah. Yeah. either America or, or Britain or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like we've got a narrow-minded view mm. of the Bible. Mm. And he was talking about how he was, he's, he's, he's been trying to challenge himself. So right now he's reading um, works by this Ecuadorian pastor. Okay. Mm. So just trying to get a more worldwide view of what other people think of the Bible, mm. which I thought was very interesting. Mm. And then it led me to, to think about something I think about every so often, about the vali- the validity 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 yeah. of 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 the Bible. Mm. So, like if we look at science, mm. science everyone says is fact, but these until, facts are always changing. Until they find out otherwise. <laughs> yeah. You, you okay, Leah? She's choking that science. Science is fact. <laughs> Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, so science used to say that the world was. Ooh. Yeah. You okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So science used to say that the world was flat. Mm. Science used to say that the the, the the sun revolved around the world. Mm. Science used to say that the atom was the smallest, smallest kind of particle. Mm. And, and and at that time. That was fact, yeah. only for it to be disproved a long time ago. So that's why I don't have too much of faith in science, because mm. in 10 years it's going to change from what they say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then it got me thinking about the Bible, mm. and how, even though the Bible is, is the same as it's always been... Mm. Relatively. Yeah, relatively. <laughs> um, the way we read it and understand it, has changed over the years mm. so like the way that we understand the bible mm. is different from how people understood it let's say 100 years ago and again 200 years ago 300 years ago again relatively relatively yeah, yeah that's yeah good. yeah that's, that's a good so and it just got me thinking if like people's 
understanding of the Bible keeps changing, mm. what's to say that our understanding is the correct one? Mm. Mm. If in another like hundred years time, people are going to change how they view mm. what's written in the Bible. Mm. I think the main difference, and I'll use your um, your illustration of science as as a as a as a contrast and backdrop is science looks forward and it looks forward to when they have better technologies to you know review their theories so science is all about theories fitting what you see so as we see more our theories have to change that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah. the difference between that and and um, the bible is if you look at proper scholarship proper scholarship goes backwards proper scholarship of the bible goes back to the original text as opposed to looking as opposed to it changing in the future based on whatever it goes back to the original text so if you look at um, biblical scholars instead of in a way that science moves forward and science is like okay we've now got a telescope that can see beyond the atom so we realize that there's more with scholarship they you start off maybe with your niv and then you start to see people going back to the original languages going back to the context of what was written, going back to the actual um, origin of it. And so we've got a fixed point that becomes a reference point in, in, bibli- in biblical studies, whereas in science, that's tentative and that's always changing. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I, that, that's where I see the difference. And that's why I think, indeed, I think um, in Daniel, in Daniel something four or four something, there's um, there's a prophecy about how <laughs> there's a prophecy about how in the end times knowledge will increase, and in context we're talking about God's word and the scroll being rolled up, um, and later on knowledge will increase, um, and I see that I see that happening now where. Now you you know like I've got however many versions of the Bible on my on my phone, mm. so I can search properly and like, look at stuff properly. You can look at maps and all these archaeological finds and everything. And knowledge is increasing, not based on new things, but based on the original. So we're always referring back to the original. Yeah. So if we like pick a topic, like let's say women women be allowed to preach mm. fifty years ago. You couldn't even mention such from mm. constant. That's like nonsense. Yeah. But then, as the world is becoming more, shall I say, feministic? Mm. Mm. Or more, yeah, let's just think of feministic. You guys know what I mean when I say feminist. feminist. Yeah. 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 Um, it's becoming more okay for females to have positions of power within the church. Mm. Now, does that mean that the people's view back then? was the wrong view of women within the church or are we just using the bible and molding it to the as, times as that we live in the time uh, I, I don't want to i don't want to be the only one talking but I don't know if you, <laughs> want, if you want to say something um you know it's it's, it's a very fine like, well not, i won't say fine but i'll say it's a very not even gray area but a tricky area um because yes the Bible has a lot of cultural context to it in terms of addressing certain issues in certain places at certain times. So it speaks directly to a certain issue, but throughout the entire Bible, it kind of gives you a, a guideline or there's, there's like a spirit 
there's a nature of the nature of God and the spirit of God's kind of revealed through it. And there's a sort of when understood in its rightful context, you you start to understand that in terms of this um whole as you say feministic movement in in the sense of women striving to gain equal rights, rightly so. Um some of the stuff in the Bible can be misinterpreted. So some of the Bible, some of the stuff in the Bible can be seen as removing the rights of women or putting them in a position of property. But then, how? Okay. okay. So what, what I'm trying to say is, it's, it's kind of tricky in defining it. The Bible does present a like an order where the woman is accountable to the man. But the man is accountable to God. And it's a case of <clears throat> if viewed in the right context, we start to understand that woman's accountability to the man places the man in a much more difficult position. Because he's accountable to God and God is all powerful, all knowing, and he's able to direct, but he, the man is subject to to shortfall and shortfalls and stuff. But in terms of right, kind of going off on a tangent, in terms of actually preaching and everything, I would say, I would follow what the Bible says in terms of the man being the head, and it's not necessarily in terms of women keep quiet. No, there's there's a the church's representation of God and his God and his bride, and Jesus and his bride, and the headship, as Paul says, the headship is the man, and the women play a very vital role. N- not saying women can't. Yeah, the women play a very. That's what I'm saying. It's very tricky. I think the, the the thing with the Bible as well is that it's it transcends time. So I think it's important to recognize that. To recognize that, in as much as it was written and it has contextual value, you know, every verse has its contextual value and has its reason for being there, reason for being said. Paul saying to the woman, you know, keep quiet, don't even talk, go and ask your husbands at home and they'll tell you, is very specific to a certain situation. Mm-hmm. The problem I find is that's not the Bible, that's not how the Bible was meant to be to be studied. So if you look at like in Isaiah uh, 28, 13, um, talking about the word of God, so this is prophecy. Uh, I'll just read verse 13 but in context it's talking about the word of God talking about um, you know the people of God and how they should relate to his word so then the message from the Lord to the message from the Lord to them will become do this and do that do this and do that line upon line line upon line a little here a little there so that they will go but fall backwards and be angels snared and captured line upon line line upon line a little here a little here means the Bible, you can't just take one verse out of it. The ideas are spread across the bandwidth. So where you see Paul addressing women in one aspect or in one context, you have to see how God also addresses women in other contexts. So there are situations where women have risen to Mm -hmm. save the people. Mm -hmm. There are situations where women have led as judges. Mm -hmm. So we can't just take this one instance and then focus on that. And that's what the church church has done. That's why you have disparities in you know, or, or disparities between churches where in some churches no one's allowed to be a pastor in some churches women are allowed to be pastors or bishops or whatever um, where the as Mo was pointing out the structure is followed the 
um, Christ and his bride, men are put in, in leadership positions. Every situation needs to be led by the Spirit and not necessarily by just focusing on or making the Bible law in, in, in that instance. So, because we see in, like you, I, I, can, I can probably confidently say that there will be some pastors or churches that will base their, that verse on, on that poor thing and have not even read about the others, like not read about other instances where women have been leaders. Mm -hmm. And they will hold fast to that and create a whole doctrine and that becomes a denomination and that becomes a division of the church that feel like they're doing it right because they've got this narrow-minded view of what's going on in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, it, the situation has to be has to be read. Obviously, there's that general idea. Family, head is a man. You take responsibility. Woman, um, children, head, God, man, woman, in that kind of role um, and responsibility levels. But God chooses what to do and I'm going to do. And if we, the church was more, what is God saying now via his word, as opposed to what do we want our, this word to say for us, then we'd see a different church, I think. So, so would you guys say that it's okay for women to be pastors within the church? I wouldn't say hard and fast. Every every situation, that's the case. I would say, what is God saying for that church? Mm -hmm. You know, like it's it's dangerous to to create that rule and, and where it's not necessarily presented as such in the Bible, because he was Paul said that in context to a very specific group of women and he didn't reiterate that to other churches so it's very significant that you you don't make that a rule and say there are no female pastors or no female heads of churches and at the same time very soon you say there will always be female roles or female heads of churches i think it's what's god saying in the church at that time that's that's how i view it anyway. yeah I, I, I definitely see in terms of um the word Paul makes references to females who have been in positions of influence and positions of power, where um, they have been in a position where they were taken in the church and actually ministering to them. Um, he doesn't necessarily specify to what capacity at times, but as as um, what's it, Paul? As Peter was saying, um, you do need to be led by the Spirit of God. Um, in His Word, it says. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Um, they would have no need of a teacher, for my spirit will teach them. Call no, Jesus says, call no one teacher, call no one master, call no one father. But we see all of these titles and stuff given out in the church. Whether right or wrong, that's, that's down to you. Um, and I definitely, I definitely see within some situations where women are more qualified and more able to lead a church than a man. And it could be argued that to forcefully put a man into that position is to do the church in the service. And that's, as Peter was saying, you do need to inquire of the Lord and see God, what would you have us do in this situation? How would you have the church go forward in this situation? Um, but yeah. Um, Here's a question. Mm -hmm. Might be <laughs> interesting. So, so you just said that there are some situations where females are more qualified. Like, well, women. No, they're, they're not saying females. So I get trouble. Babes, babes are more are more qualified to leave the church than men. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, could it be argued that there are some situations where women are more qualified to be the head of a household? 
but I'm not qualified then a man to be head of a household. It could be argued. It could be but, argued. Yeah. Well, I'm not even going to say, but it could be argued. But this is where the requirement for a woman to respect her husband and a man to love her wife comes into play. And it's a case of, um, will a woman submit to her husband knowing that, yeah, I'm, I'm, in essence, I'm better than you? Um, and even saying that, it is a what bit... What do you mean by better? That's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, if, if a woman feels as though... If a woman is better at accounts, better at managing the household, doing stuff, and a guy is just there and... But they're both in Christ, I think. Okay. Uh, if, if I can jump in, I think... Uh, we, our view of leadership is, is skewed by what we see. And what we see is leaders being abusive. More often than not, abusing power. Like, with that comes power. So, you being a leader almost then automatically makes anyone you lead um, inferior to you. And that doesn't always have to be the case. And I don't think... You know, when if if you look at Christ's demonstration of leadership, that's not what he what he designed as leadership. So, with a man being the head of the household, if we didn't have that view, if we saw it as Christ displayed leadership, then it's more it's almost more as as more saying earlier, it's almost more dangerous for the man. You're in that position of responsibility. Now, if in a household like Mo was um, alluding to, the woman is better at the account, why shouldn't she be in charge of the money? You know, we come from a, um, a culture where the money has to come from the man. Or we come from a culture where the money is a, um, is a, is a sign of power. Mm-hmm. But I know in some cultures, in, especially Eastern cultures, the woman pays for the wedding. The woman pays like all the finances for the wedding. And we would be in a situation where in an African household... You know, the man, I, I can, I've seen this in, in Nigerian movies or in African movies, where the man will literally go, I came to marry you, I paid the buy price, so respect me, because money is viewed as that source of power. And yet you've got in these Eastern cultures where they demonstrate respect to an even newer level, a different level. The woman will come and, the woman will pay for the wedding, the woman essentially marries a man and will submit to him. So I don't think it's, it, it's, being the head of the household is being responsible to God, and I think a woman can be more qualified um, to do so, but will still demonstrate the leadership and demonstrate that humility or whatever, and let the man be the leader in, in whatever mm-hmm. way he needs to be. Yeah, yeah um, it's you know, the reason I'm finding it a bit hard to, to actually articulate my thoughts. It's because these, these are kind of issues that I don't really ponder, well, I, I ponder on them, but I don't necessarily formulate clear cuts. Because as Peter keeps saying, it, it's kind of situational. Mm. And we can't necessarily say this has to be done for all situations. Um, what I do know is that in my household, Jamelia's better at me at some things, and I'm better at, than her at other things. Part of the role as part of my role as a leader is to be able to, to be able to identify right cool you know in all honesty without being prideful you're better than me at this and I'm better than you at this let's build a family together let's build a household together so you you take care of what you're good at I'll take care of what I'm good at but at the same time it's all open and we can all see what's happening at the same time mm. so it's a case of we're building it together knowing that 
all decisions that had to has to be taken will be taken as a couple. Or all, all um if if we don't have if we thankfully it hasn't really happened thus far, but if we don't come eye to eye then we're gonna have to try to figure something out. But there's a case of coming together and luckily as well, so Demelia's been one that has supported all of my ideas even if she doesn't uh, agree with it. So when I said, all right, cool, God is sending us to move from this church to another church, she'd be like, you know what, I'm not really keen on moving from church to church, but you're saying God is telling us to do this, so you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to submit to this. And there's that level of, of respect and that level of submission. And it's not a case of I'm trying to abuse that because if I do take the command to love her seriously, I'm not going to try to abuse her. I'm not going to try and manipulate her with my position as the head. I'm not going to try and manipulate the situation or the family to what I want. So these little things kind of come together to form a family that have each other in mind and work for the better of each other. So talking about how um, when people within the church don't see eye to eye, Mm. that's how new denominations are birthed. Mm -hmm. Not only like a significant change or disagreement in doctrine. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, and we're talking about um, about this just just before we started. How like Salvation Army has been a denomination for 151 years, I think Mm. now. And the Pentecostal Church has been running for about 62, 60, um, about 60 years. Yeah. So, and and these have come about because of people's, people have come to understand the Bible in a different way, or maybe from, different from what they have been exposed to in the past. So, what's the question? Yeah. So what's to say that um, they were right to branch out mm. in, as opposed to maybe they're just not being humble and just like working through the doctrine that they don't possibly agree with in the church that they are part of. Um, personally, I think when you look at some churches and, and you know the doctrine that they hold on to. You, you, you always have influential people that people will follow. So you always have those leaders or those charismatic people that people will follow. And if they decide they... And we're, we're individuals. If one individual decides they believe the Bible is saying this in this way and they're wrong and they take people along with them as they branch out because they don't agree with you anymore so they're going to go from their own church... I see grace in the fact that even though they've branched out where they still hold the Bible, they still study the Bible, you still have some people that are Bereans or have a Berean heart and will study the Bible for themselves. There will always be opportunity to come back to the correct way of doing things. You know, and you see it with, like, you see it with, even with my church, um, with some of the doctrines that they've held on to. Some of it isn't even with malicious intent. Some of it is because it fits into the culture or the culture influences the way they see certain doctrines. And so they not intentionally or unwittingly twist the scripture to suit their, their culture. And as time progresses, God will bring in or God brings in people that are Bereans and steady for themselves 
and then those conversations start happening and then they're able to start correcting doctrine so we will always be able to go back someone said the bible is the only book where no matter who or when you're reading it the author is present and when the author is always present there's always opportunity to correct to um we bring people back to the original meaning because the author is there to tell you what it is and that's the holy spirit um, and so where it's churches that don't view the bible in that high esteem or don't see the bible for the word of god and have extraneous materials those are the places that i'm worried about you know what do you mean extraneous material i'm sorry mormon book of mormon or <laughs> or um you know the catholic bible that has books that are um from other places or whatever like if you've got other material there that you hold it at the same level as the bible then there are dangerous contradictions that you can come to if that makes sense um but the bible in and of itself demonstrates itself to be outside of time and that's why the bible in and of itself is enough when you start adding other stuff to it that doesn't share those properties as the Bible isn't inspired by God, then you start thinking, and those are the people that I worry about, but if it's a church that bases beliefs on the Bible, that opens up for conversation, there will be people that study that the Holy Spirit will show, no, this is how it should be, this is how it should be, conversations will happen and doctrine will change. I'm a from, I'm a, I'm a D, I'm a kind of bite myself in the foot, or shoot myself in the foot, should I say. Um, trust me. There have been some that have argued why should I trust a book that testifies of itself that I am the word of God? Mm. If that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. the Bible says itself, yeah. Um, yeah. No, firstly, no prophecy is um, was of the authorship of man. Every um, The prophet spoke as well moved by the Spirit of God. Mm. Um, Paul says it as well in terms of uh, meditate upon these words, God will give you things. I know that there's other places as well where... Timothy says all scripture is God breath. Timothy 3.16. And... And this and it's a case of some people are like, um, why should I trust in a book that seeks to authenticate itself? Mm. Are you gonna answer that? Or? I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm, right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come, right. I'm gonna come to. It. Um, so there's a case of anyone can say I'm this guy, but unless there are things external to yourself that verify it, mm. why should I take your word for it? Um, what, what were you saying? Well, so. With that, I was going to talk about how the Bible authenticates itself or how it's able to back up that statement. Mm-hmm. So, have you guys watched just... Have you seen the grin on this guy's face as he's saying this? <laughs> no, you know what, like, because however many years ago, like, one prayer that I had was, God make me enthralled with your word, like, make me, mm-hmm. con- like, have a zeal to study. Mm-hmm. And God put that, when it comes to the word of God, not that, I don't even know the word of God enough, but... I get excited about the Bible. Mm. I get excited about it. And so that's why there's a grin. But it's not even a thing. It's not deep. But have you guys watched Jessica Jones? No. No. Okay, so there's a character called Jessica Jones. Is she a Marvel character? She's a Marvel character. Yeah, she's on Netflix. Um, but her the villain is called Purple Man. Purple Man can control your mind. So last thing is she's going to face Purple Man. She says to her friend, she will call her friend for backup if... Uh, she needs it, but the friend should stay away because purple man can control her mind. Friend points out, how will I know that it's you? And they decide there and then, okay, this is how we will authenticate the message. I'll say something I never say under normal circumstances, that purple man cannot make me say, or will not know to make me say, mm-hmm. and I'll have to put that in there. For if I call for backup and it's me, 
Alright? So they had that method of authentication there. Yeah. So when the message came for backup and she saw that message or saw what she said, she was like, okay, yeah, I know this is Jessica Jones, I can go. When the Bible that's says... Awesome, that's there's, there's holes in that song. There is. There is. Purple but, man can't control what she was saying. Yeah, but he could. He could he, he, no. So the way that they describe his um, powers, he can't. He doesn't absorb your mind and like gain your memories. He can just take your mind and then control you to do what he wants you to do. Does that make sense? Okay. So it's not like he would have no way to know that they've decided that they're going to add this one word that she never says under normal circumstances to the message that is going across. So if we ask her. Like, have you um, decided to cut between your friends? Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Then she, he should be compelled to tell him the truth. Mm. Yeah, she but he wouldn't. He wouldn't know. He wouldn't know to ask. To ask. And, and I would yeah. ask. I would ask. Yeah, him. that's that's because you've got hindsight. You're looking at it now, like oh, okay, no, no, that's, no, no, no. Uh, that's just the kind of villain I would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I mean, I, I only I only say that to to highlight the idea of authentication. Mm-hmm. Now, if you know God says Yahweh, He who was, who is, and is to come. Right? Or he is a God that knows the end from the beginning. There, there are various where, places where God highlights the fact that he authenticates his message. Or, or one way that he authenticates his message is through prophecy. Is through being able to say what is to come before it comes. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. The Bible does that in so many different incredible ways that you can mathematically prove that it can't come from the greatest computers. You can mathematically prove... Uh, you look at even Jesus' life. There are like over 300 verses specifically talking about Jesus. That he fulfills. But are written thousands and thousands of years prior to the person. Some of which include the handiwork of the Pharisees and of the Romans that sought to kill him. So you can't really say that they colluded with him to, to, to help him fulfill those prophecies but then if you look if you look at a book like say harry potter mm. yeah there were prophecies within harry potter that yeah. said yeah i won't spoil it go with harry potter because mm. it's sick in it so but what's to say that the bible is a book of fiction and, and, and someone just thought oh, i didn't write this and then make it happen in this part of the bible later uh, on the, um, can i jump in yeah please please <laughs> um in terms of that um the Old Testament in and of itself, we find so many different manuscripts of the Old Testament and not just concentrated in one area, across whole continents that are still being discovered. Original. We have original manuscripts. We have manuscripts of the New Testament in different languages from so many different continents still being discovered. And that you can carbon date to show that they were written at least thousands and thousands of years ago and these are ways in which we can authenticate the the translations we have now mm-hmm. because when we when we're like all right cool this translation says this this translation says that let's see the thousands of manuscripts we have from thousands of years ago what is the most concise and most repeated version of this verse mm-hmm. and then we're able to get as close as possible to the original well what's and, to say that all those manuscripts aren't of a made-up story that have just been passed down from generation to generation. From across countless continents. To if if so, if so, then that would be one very. That would be a story of like that people place high importance on, not only to replicate it so many times and for it to be across so many continents, but to translate it into so many different languages 
and to even carry it across different places. Because it, it's, it's not so many different continents where they didn't have facts, they didn't have transport. These would be people walking, literally, or camels, like to take it across continents, and that it would have to be that high importance. And it's a case of we don't even have Roman emperors information about Roman emperors this much to that extent across different continents. Mm. Now these guys, Egyptian. Now these guys were of high importance back in their days. Mm, mm. Now the Egyptian, the pharaohs and stuff were seen literally to be gods. Embodiment, yeah. Embodiment of the sun. Yeah. Now even we don't have manuscripts of them on <laughs> detailing their lives across so many different continents. Now, even in terms of self-authentication, in the Quran, I've read, I've, I spoke to one person that said, um, the Quran authenticates itself by saying... Um, this is a linguistic masterpiece. If anyone can better this linguistically, mm. then you know that it's not from God. And he's like, show me a book or show me something that is grammatically and linguistically better. Mm. But my question is, isn't grammar and ling- linguistics subject to um, pers- um, perspectives? Mm. Well, actually, you bringing that up stands out to me because, like... So you look at, there's, there's that, and I'm not trying to, um, I'm not going to counter that per se, but you, if you look at the original Torah, so the first five mm-hmm. books of the Bible, there are certain properties there that now we're going to start getting into the airy-fairy stuff, yeah? But this is mathematical and this is scientific, and you can verify these things. Um... Rah, how's I going to say Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Genesis, <laughs> Genesis, um, Exodus, Genesis, Exodus, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. I need it in the order that they occur because Genesis and Exodus. So one one rabbi, these guys had time. Yeah, they said the secrets of the Torah lie in the skipping of letters. Okay, and that's literally if you take one letter and you count a certain number of letters, take another letter. You go through the text and you start to get certain patterns. Now, statistically, for you to have a book that is coherent and has a story and makes sense and then find this pattern there, it's hard to do. But Genesis Exodus, I think it's every seven letters. You see Y, well, the Hebrew translation of Y-H-W-H, Yahweh. Every seven letters. Genesis and Exodus. Layers clapping. Numbers and Deuteronomy, you see the same thing backwards. So you see H-W-H-Y, every seven letters. So now, Leviticus, that doesn't occur. And for you to have... They're not telling the same story. It's hard to contrive that. It, it's... Uh, someone did the maths. It's statistically impossible to contrive it. We only notice it. We didn't, you know... When they were writing it, we don't believe that Moses had that in mind. Like, it will take too long. It will be too impossible to do, right? You look at Leviticus then, and then every 49 letters, which is 7, 7, you see Yahweh again. And it's like, oh, no, 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 I'm lying. Leviticus, you see Yahweh. The first two, you see uh, the Torah. So you see the letters for uh, T O. R H because T O R H I think yeah because um, yeah the spelling is different but in the first two Genesis Exodus Numbers Deuteronomy we have Torah Torah so Torah forwards then Torah backwards. Torah backwards and then in the middle Leviticus 
you see Yahweh every 49 letters. And that's just one. Now, there are so many um, in the creation story. Again, skipping letters, I can't remember how many. You see every name of the, every tree that occurs in the Bible. Just there, just as a code. You will list them out and it's every tree that's ever mentioned in the Bible. I think half of which is in the New Testament. Like, it's unnecessary. You can't, you can't say to me that someone sat down to do it. Like, he did the numbers with a computer. Statistically, it's impossible. And you can only attribute that to, at the very least, an intelligence that exceeds our own. In terms of that, and I don't... I don't necessarily think it contradicts what I was saying. Because mm. from the understanding of, of what that individual was saying to me, and what he was saying in terms of linguistics and grammar, is more a sense of... It being pleasing to the ear and well, it being uh, more like, song-like. So the reason I was going to say that is these are incredible stories. These are incredible stories presented eloquently mm-hmm. and yet carry this code underneath. Like, I would say li- linguistically, that surpasses <laughs> something that sounds nice to a sound. Like, for me, for, you can give me a good song. It's cool. If that good song then has a sub-layer of information underneath, that's you know, inbuilt mm-hmm. in such a crazy way. Like, do, do you get what I mean? Yeah. So that's why, that's why it, it brought that to my mind in the sense of, okay, well, actually, I think this, this surpasses that linguistically. In terms of um, science and the Bible as well, yeah. in terms of science and the Bible as well, I think one thing that we fail to highlight is science is more... I'm trying to read my T-shirt. That's says sleep. What you should be doing right now. Science is more interested in how. How was the world created? How do we blink? How do we walk? How do we do this? The Bible is more interested in with who. Who created the world? Who causes our eyes to blink? Who causes us to breathe? So it doesn't necessarily seek to answer the how, but seeks to present the the who. So at the very start, it says, in the beginning, God. Like right there, it's just presented with a who, and it plays out the who consistently throughout the entire Bible. Mm. It doesn't necessarily say how Jesus um, healed the blind. Yes, it tells us what he did, but we know that physically you can do that. You can spit in someone's eye. You could fam. You could phlegm the the wildest <laughs> thing you could ever do. They'll still be blind. Mm. So it doesn't necessarily tell us how. Moreover, it tells us who did it. Plus, I think as science progresses, personally, in my mind, I see science catching up with the Bible. Because <coughs> if, you, if you look at um, Genesis, like the word they use for night is spiraling. And, um, you know, beginning and end. Um, and the first day had a morning and an evening and whatever, whatever. You look at the words that are used there and they allude to the fact that the world was spinning. They allude to the fact that the earth was going round, at least spinning on its own axis, you know, and it's going round the sun. So all of these things that science is now coming up to, string theory, the idea that there are four dimensional springs, uh, those four, four dimensional strings vibrating at 10 different frequencies or something along those lines. One rabbi saw in the Bible that, okay, we have four dimensions that we can know, six that we can't, but there's 10 dimensions in reality. 
you know and this is stuff that science will then come to or something along those lines like i'm not science oriented you know, so <laughs> I, I might be caught to some of these things wrong but science is catching up with the bible and i think if scientists were to remove or to be like edison or be like um newton and pascal and those guys that were christian and so didn't find their science threatened by the existence of a god and stop trying to because science now is trying to remove that idea of god so they say at when first well yeah yeah but big bang theory says at first there was nothing and then it exploded right and i, I listened to a ted talk about the um big bang theory and how it led to humanity talking about where life started in the water talking about how the earth would have been formed etc 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 and i compared that to what God said in the Bible how he created it and I think it was like at least 70% was actually correlating to the order in which God created it so science might know the how and I, I'm not surprised then that a science that wants to deny God will say there was nothing and then it exploded we know that God spoke and these things started mm-hmm. so we have the information before and I think science might get there if we you know if we're here and Christ doesn't come for us or whatever Science will eventually, will eventually get there because, you know, you look at quantum physics and stuff like that, and people are mathematically concluding that there has to be or that this existence is a finite hologram or finite universe within a greater, and we know that okay, we have spirits having a human experience, so we can see that, and science eventually will see that. I think eventually, if um, if 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 given the time to and if not when we get to heaven God will just tell us fam this is how it happens blow our minds well, I, th- I think that'll be a nice place to, to wrap things up yeah. thank you for listening guys if you have any comments let us know if you think we've misquoted anything because we uh, probably we could, have yeah because we made a lot of statements <laughs> I probably have misquoted stuff but I can back up everything I said so yeah. follow me please so come say get at me yeah so come and fight PIA or you Muslims follow me <laughs> I hope Muslims listen to TVF, you know. I, I don't know if any, but yeah, please. Like, yeah, no, nah, big man, if you do, if you do, if you do um, get at us. We're not going to fight you, then. No, 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 no. I won't say it. Like, it's, all it's, not, it's not, it's not, it's not going to be a, it's not going to be a, we will defeat you. Now I'm gassed. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, shout out to Partners and Ryan for the intro and outro music. Shout out to Calvin Turner for the Audrey Amazing logo. Um, you can find us, obviously. Actually, before you do that, can I just say as well? Because my thing has always been, oh, acts, whatever, something. Berean, like, don't just take it because we've said it. Like, please go and do your own studies as well. Go and research and, like, you take the Bible as well and, and study it. I have every confidence that the Bible can speak for itself. doesn't need us to do anything for it. Amen. But, um, yeah. to, add, to add on to this, yeah, C.S. Lewis. Sir, I know, I know. C.S. Lewis is the guy that said, um, we don't... Well, I think it was C.S. Lewis. It was C.S. Lewis or Spurgeon, to be honest. We don't... It's like the Bible, the Word of God, is like a cage. It's like a lion. We don't need to tell people, oh, this lion is ferocious. Mm. Don't mess around with this lion. All we need to do is just open the cage mm. and let the lion loose. So it's a case of, yeah, the Bible is the word of God and God can defend himself. Yeah. So literally just go to God with your questions. Go to God with everything that you want answered and God himself will answer it. Yep. 
Sorry. Where can they find us? Handle soundcloud.com forward slash the blacksmith's furnace, no apostrophe. Um, you can find us on all good podcasting things. Yep. If you can't find us, they're not good. The Blacksmith's Furnace with an apostrophe. You can find us on Twitter at the Furnace UK. You can find us. You can email us at tbsfurnace at hotmail.com. Um, once once it becomes available in the UK, I'll definitely try and put it on Spotify so that people can find it there as well. It's on SoundCloud, as you said. It's um, on SoundCloud. Yeah, so comment, like, share with your friends. Let's get a conversation happening. Um, if you want to come down to the furnace, please come and join us. If you're babes, even more so. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that everything? That is everything. Okay, this is the Blacksmith's Furnace signing out. Blow. <laughs>